Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're here with comic Barack Ziv. Barack Ziv, how the hell are you? I'm good, man. It's cool to be here. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for coming in. And, and where could people normally see you do stand-up comedy in New York City? Where can they find you do stand-up comedy when it opens up again? And what are you doing in the meantime as far as, you know, online, Instagram Live or Zoom or just via your social? So I uh, used to be, I used to produce my own show called Just Kidding with uh, yeah. Carlos Garcia. Was oh, fun sure. Yeah, yeah big, awesome. big, big fan of Carlos Garcia. It sounds like you guys have some big names on there and it's, uh, yeah. it's great. And that was out of QED, right? Yeah, that was a QED, which uh, said uh, that it's closed right now, like a lot of places. I yeah. donated money to that place because I oh, love cool. it. It's a great home for us, yeah. Oh, good, yeah. I did my podcast there when I was uh, in person, and I look forward to doing it again in the fall. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. That, on social, you're Barack Ziv across all social platforms or, or your own website? Um, I do Barack Ziv comedy. That's Barack, not uh, CK like Barack Obama, but B-A-R-A-K Ziv comedy. On Instagram and uh, Barack Ziv on uh, Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Okay, and I see a website here that says bzwork.com. Is that just the work? Uh, yeah, that's the work website. Uh, okay. Graphics, animation. So yeah, that's my job. Yeah. So if so if any comedy, if any comedian has like a special or something, and they want you to handle the intro and the credits and stuff like that, and have them, you know, be animated, you could do that pretty easily. I'm really good at that stuff. Yeah, been doing oh, it for good. a while. Oh, good. But um, and then, are you doing any kind of? You know, I know Just Kidding is going to wait to start up. I think until it's you know able to do so live and safely at QED or whatever. In the meantime, what what are you kind of doing to get your comedy stuff out there? Are you doing Instagram Live or Zoom shows like you and Carlos at all, or no? Haven't done those, but me and Carlos do write a lot, and uh, we run a lot of jokes by each other. We do workshops and we start releasing a few sketches, uh, just kind of like joke about different things. So. Really, it's a really funny one where he interviews me with the ideas that we're both foreigners. He's from Venezuela. I'm Israeli. So yeah. he asked me a question about Israel, and then I asked him questions about uh, about his country and culture. So we did a couple of funny ones of those, and they're coming out actually last last week and this week. Oh, good. And they can find that on your social or busy work, or um, are you on Instagram as well? Uh, on Instagram and on uh, Carlos's Instagram, which is Carlos Does the World. And uh, yeah. Okay, good. And then, so that, is that going to be kind of a regular thing that will be released weekly, or is it just kind of a one-time thing? Uh, on and off, uh, we're going to think about some sketches and record them. He's really great at doing Trump, so we're going to do a couple yes. of those. Yeah. yeah, I mean, have you been able to kind of impersonate any of the Israeli leaders when it comes to interacting with his Trump character? Uh, no, but I'm actually thinking about it right now, what kind of a character I would do if I would be an Israeli interviewing Trump. I'm thinking about a politician or maybe a a news reporter or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Who, who was the, what was the the national origin of the reporter who threw a shoe at George Bush? Do you remember? No, it was That I could have been like Pakistani or, or Afghanistan. I have no, you know, Afghani, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like that. I don't, I don't think it was from anybody from my country. And that was, that was a while ago, right? Like, like, but but you, know. you can, you, Carlos doesn't have to know that. You could just throw a shoe at him, you know? Oh, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll throw a virtual shoe at him. I'll make an animation <laughs> of a shoe landing on Trump's head. 
Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, you could each film it from your own angle. You know, he has to have somebody off camera throw him a throw a shoe at him. I love it. But um, you know, it sounds like you you know you your comedy. Um, like I know that before you did stand up, I know you do graphic design and things like that. But I'm kind of interested in how you got into comedy. Um, you know, when was that in relation to you coming over from Israel? I think you were there till your 20s. Was there anything that you were able to do in Israel with respect to comedy? Um, honestly, comedy was something that's kind of relatively new to me. I wasn't planning on doing I always enjoyed comedy. I love stand-up comedy, yeah. uh, local acts and American acts. Um, yeah. It wasn't back in my youth, but uh, a couple of years ago, I found myself in a really tough spot mentally, physically, and I was looking for an outlet, looking for things, and I was like one-liners and quips and puns, and I figured, hey, you know what? I, I love it. I, I can do my own personal, I had to look for a different passion and I thought, hey, I want to, I want to make people laugh by saying silly things and funny and then, things. Yeah, and then what, at what point, like kind of during the process, open mics or bar shows or whatever, did you run into Carlos Garcia and what did you recognize in him that kind of made you guys good collaborative partners? Uh, he saw, uh, I mean, I, I would, he's trying to remember, um, I think I would run into him or know people who know him, but we didn't want Mike, which was, uh, really good. It was almost like a show. It's, it was called Peer Pressure and uh, it was okay. great. Much more. And uh, I know the stars aligned and my set was great and he liked my work and said, hey, <laughs> let's, uh, let's, uh, that's actually the set that I realized that was one of the, the set that defined my tight five. It was the first time I felt like I had a perfect tight five. Okay. And he, yeah. And he liked it and he said, hey, I want to have you on my show because he was running a show on Broadway Comedy Club. And oh, nice. from there we started like we're like just talking about producing a show and I uh, just kind of working together on different ideas and um, yeah and he's a great he's doing a lot of things he does acting he does sketch writing he's a great uh, sketch editor and uh, we start joking about hey we're both foreigners we both have that experience of uh, yeah. living in the states from different countries let's do something about it and I said sure and uh, yeah but I love the fact like you know having a you know having a tight five in and of itself is nice because you're ready for any show that kind of brings you on but yeah. the better the better thing is you have no idea who's in the audience who you might be able to collaborate with and if you're not bringing the tight five you know is another funny person going to see you as funny and so that's it's so nice to know that a lot of the stuff in New York City is peer to peer yeah. where you know talent you know game rec game recognizes game talent recognizes talent and um, having that tight five was just just part of the you know one piece of the puzzle that led you on to collaborate with other people and yeah, cool. how, how'd you kind of get that tight five was it going around to open mics um here in new york city yeah so it's a combination of different things like i had uh, i thought what i had was a tight five like a year or two before i had that, that, that <laughs> thing. and that's not something you realize the thing that you thought was great or just good you know and uh, that's funny things always sound great in shows and I did a couple of small shows and I thought, hey, that was great. And then you listen to it later and half of it, the audience is not laughing. So, wow. yeah. So what I thought was... Record, record your sets as you're doing them? Yeah. So I try to record my sets pretty much every time and I listen to them later and I try to remember what worked and whatnot. And uh, the tough part is not to listen to the sets that work well, but to listen to the sets when you know you, you messed up, they weren't yeah. good, that you found and just kind of... It's cringing, but if you can push through it, you realize, you know what, I gonna take this one line that work here and put it somewhere else and uh yeah uh my tight five that back then was a combination of a bunch of different things that I thought worked and took the best out of those and made it into that yeah and kind of what was the idea be behind just kidding like um what you know what did you look for in the comics that you guys booked and um what do you you know if i if i go to a just kidding show when qed opens back up what can i expect 
you can expect first things first a variety of comics. So New York City is great at that because there is a, a large pool of comics from different backgrounds, and we try we put a big emphasis that every show should have should have the foreigners uh, or local and people from out of town or just people have different backgrounds, different ethnicities, orientation, whatever it is. Um, we try to make it as diverse as possible because I think that makes for a good show. Um, yeah. yeah. So, sometimes it will bring somebody who's more of a storyteller and more of a one-liner or like just their, some acts are just completely unique. Uh, some actors we like that are more musical-based and uh, we try to get like a really good um, a style of great comics kind of thing. So you guys, are having, you guys are having musical comics too? Yeah, as well. Uh, there's a guy I really like uh, named Ben Pernick. He, did, uh, he does a lot of funny songs and... Um, uh, yeah, I brought him and Carlos brought a, a female comic. I'm sorry, I forgot her name, but she was great and she did this funny, funny song as well. We want to make it diverse and weird and quirky and yeah. yeah. And how long has that show been going on? Uh, been going on for three, four months. And again, as soon as like the COVID started, you know, we resource sack yeah. or we had all these plans, we had these comics booked, and yeah, and the comics are cool. they know that things are happening right now and they're all understanding, but it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Uh, oh yeah. Aside from yeah. awful, obviously. The horrible problems that happen in the world, aside from that, it kind of, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of one more thing to be bummed about. You know, you're one thing that, you know, it's just kind of a passion that you have. You're not able to go do it, but you're also not able to work with all the comedians that you had scheduled. You know, I kind of yeah. did the same thing with the podcast. You're like, dude, I just had to cancel 30 comics because, the, yeah. you know, the, the you know, they wouldn't even, you know, New York wouldn't let these people get on the train because it was inessential. It's like, my Lord, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, so much, so many worse things are going on, but it's going to be nice when people can kind of, I don't know, at least have a socially distanced a version of just kidding and other great comedy shows at QED. But yeah, it sounds yeah. like because you're a fan of comedy and it, it, you, you kind of got into it because it sounds like you were having certain things in your life that were, you know, left something to be desired. You're like, man, what can you know, I'm really into comedy? Let me try this thing. And it, and it you know, kind of led you to where you're at. It led you to the to the tight five minutes. It, it led you to your own comedy show. But it also sounds like, um, you know, we we're talking before the podcast about your current relationship has you guys exchanging bits. Like it sounds like it's, it's something I would love to do where, you know, a significant other is actually able to, you know, have a sense of humor, you know, to take it and throw it back at you. I mean, what what's kind of the dynamic, you know, that you enjoy in a relationship that had you looking for a sense of humor? Did you know that you wanted to, you know, date somebody who might not be a comic, but at least has a sense of humor where you can enjoy comedy together? Well, that wasn't my plan. wasn't on that. It wasn't on the. <laughs> it wasn't on the Tinder profile. Must love camp comedy and stand up and oh. and, and be patient of my uh, awful puns. That wasn't the, the deal. Oh. But uh, I'm very lucky that my my girlfriend, the girlfriend I met, uh, we've been together for two years now. Uh, she's quirky. She's funny. She we keep like running bits with each other and uh, half our conversations are oh this could be a bit. This could be a bit. Well, and. Yeah. I keep telling her she should try to do comedy. I mean, she, yeah. she's an introvert, but she's hilarious and um, she has this quirky sense of humor. So it's been fun. It's been fun just to run jokes by her and hear her takes on them. And she's actually the one who gave us the name Just Kidding. Uh, oh, cool. But, yeah, I told her we're looking for names and that was her name. Yeah. Well, I, I myself am an introvert who loves comedy and I found that, I, you know, you have to like the process. And so unless you're prepared to do the hustling thing and go around to all the open mics and do the bar shows and things like that, like it might not be something that you'll want to sustain. But, you know, maybe she'll be the next podcaster who interviews all the comedians like I'm doing right now because it, scratch, <laughs> it scratches yeah. that that itch because I get to no, talk. Nobody to can comedians. top you. Nobody can top you, man. <laughs> this, this is an awesome podcast. I love the faces I saw there man oh, it's, so, 
Oh, it's 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 so funny to talk to you comedians all day long. Like I'm like a pig and shit, you know, just like <laughs> being able to talk to you funny people. And I guess that the clarification I wanted was, were you just kidding that it was in one of your Tinder profiles? Because that's hilarious that you, uh, know, you must love comedy, et cetera. Was it in there or no? No, that wasn't in there. But <laughs> that's I, I funny. Did, I did wrote a... Uh, <laughs> quips and puns and i wrote something stupid about myself and uh yeah. and made a board play and stuff like that yeah oh good good and so if she did not like comedy she might have swiped the other direction probably yeah but she, <laughs> her profile said she was a nerd and me being a nerd i think it kind of worked well with each other oh i love that and so as far as kind of what stuff you're exploring in your act you know, it sounds like some of the, you know, we talked before, you know, being fans of things like, you know, Stephen Ryder, Anthony Jeselnik, like what are what are some of the you know like if I were to see a joke on paper, um, and I you know what about that joke would make me think this is a Barack Ziv joke? Like, do you aim to be short, short and pithy? Do, do, do you aim to be dark? Like, what can I expect from a Barack Ziv joke? Like, how do you know what's going to make that tight five if it doesn't smack of Barack Ziv? Um, I think some of it is the wits. Usually, I mean, there will be like a again, like an unexpected uh, line there. It starts as one. I mean, the essence of every most jokes is to take you in one direction, then throw a curveball. But uh, yeah, one hundred and eighty one of those. But uh, usually, it will involve either like a pun or unexpected wordplay. Uh, I wasn't honestly planning on making them bad, uh, dark, yeah. but I noticed that a lot of the times I would write a bunch of jokes and try them on stage, like every comedian and. Some of the ones that hit the best and the hardest were the dark ones. And I realized, hey, uh, uh, I tried a bunch of different ones. Some are silly, some are goofy, some are puns, some are dark, and the dark ones tend to stick. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they, they, love, they, they love their dark Lord Barack Ziv. That's hilarious. And I wonder what it is about you. Like, you know, maybe, you know, the, you know, maybe it's having accented English. It's, you know, you're perfectly well, well spoken, but, you know, maybe it's like you come off as the, you know, a dark line from accented English can kind of sound like you're a bad guy in Die Hard or something. <laughs> yeah, I would love to be a Hans Gruber kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I love Hans Gruber. Maybe that maybe that's what you you and uh, Carlos Garcia can do. Like he can be a Trump character, and you could be the evil, the evil genius who's plotting to take him down. That could be oh, funny. Too. I'm gonna tell him that. I mean, the, the the first sketch we did, we were playing more to like the the clueless Israeli kind of thing, where oh, okay. I was speaking with a really hard accent, and I tried to tell about my culture, but uh, I make all this uh, mistake in the talk. But, uh, <laughs> the conversation is uh, strangely at uh, times. But, uh, yeah, now it's fun. Get, it's now fun you can go, in the, go, in the, go in the other direction and just be the yeah. dark warlord, where you know you, you speak perfectly well. You're totally uh, just you. You have this perfect plot to take down Trump, and it could <laughs> go. Yeah, it goes spectacularly bad. But I uh, yeah, I would love to hear that coming out of your mouth. So it's nice to it's nice to hear that the audiences are like, ah, yeah, I really buy him as a dark presence in my life. And is that affecting the way you're writing? Like, are you trying to, you know, write darker stuff, or, or are you? I mean, I guess you want to remain true to yourself, but you also want to make sure that, you know, you are putting enough dark stuff in your set so that you're getting consistent laughs, if only so that, you know, you can slip a B joke among <laughs> all, all the A jokes, you know, so you can um, try stuff out. Like if they're laughing like crazy at the dark stuff, then you could slip in a light joke to see if it even works. Yeah, I guess that's the challenge because you kind of want to squeeze in some of the light stuff. And I have some light stuff that works. So, you know, sometimes some you make a joke that's for yourself because you just really like it and you yeah. want to make it stick no matter what. And I find a healthy balance. And I think more about building the story of like a one-liners that lead from one to another kind of a thing. And 
worry about that more than whether it's dark or not. And yeah. um, as long as it's kind of like easy to one lead to another, then the audience can kind of join with you. Um, but yeah, I definitely don't tell dark for the sake of dark. It's okay. just whatever comes to my head. And uh, if it's dark, it's dark. That's, that's it. If it's funny, if it's funny, that's the most important thing. And is some of this stuff observational or is it kind of um, autobiographical? Like, and if it's autobiographical, is there anything from your life in Israel that, that you've been exploring on stage? Um, not, not in what I have so far, but I am trying to work, work, work out more material on that. I'm trying to, uh, in, uh, I'm writing new material that I want to explore that more. I haven't done it so far, but I think it'll be interesting. Um, I told my friend a story about my first job in New York and uh, as a sex store, working in a sex store. I used to work in sex stores. And, uh, wow, really? I told, I told my friend he was cracking up and he asked me, how is not that part of your material? And I yes. Said, yes. Uh, yeah, I love the fact that your friends, like your friends are really helpful in that regard if they're yeah. telling you what's funny. Because other, other comedians might not. You know, they're so focused on their own stuff. They're not willing to tell you that, oh, no, this is good. This is not so good because, you know, maybe it's a competition or whatever. That's but true. Really, yeah, but really, like there's certain jokes that you can tell that other, people's can't, other people can't tell and vice versa because everybody's persona is a little different. But I love the fact that you, you worked at a sex store seriously. Yeah, that was a fun experience. We actually incorporated into that sketch that me and Carlos did about the Israeli. Uh, oh. Yeah, so we included a little bit of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird job. Um, when you that. said you said there's there's a number of Israelis who work at sex stores. Are you talking about in Israel or in New York City? No, in New York City. Uh, a couple Why? of years ago, not now, I think, but when I came to New York City, there a couple of them owned them. And when you look for work and you, you know, through the grapevine. <laughs> So my brother hooked me up with work. Like he knew somebody, he knew somebody, and he worked in one, so he hooked me up with one. And uh, I yeah, love that. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, why did they develop a... Why is there such a strong Israeli network in New York City when it comes to sex stores? I don't think it's sex store specific. I think it's okay. more of an entrepreneurship kind of a mind right. where it's like... Uh, it was weird when I first got here and I realized that half the moving companies are owned by Israelis and half the locksmith companies and half the... The, I don't know, the, the window cleaning or the vacuum <laughs> dust, the carpet. You realize these weird industries that a lot of uh, Israelis are doing. I think it's the entrepreneurship thing, which yeah. I'm not part of. I'm never, never like a big entrepreneur. But uh, but it sounds like you're doing that for graphic design and comedy. You got the hustle that, you know, led you to the tight five, et cetera, but also for work. Like, you know, are you working for a company or is it kind of entrepreneurship when it comes to graphic design? Uh, now I work for a company. I used to be okay. a freelancer for a while. And again, this art is my passion and whether it's visual art or comedy art and stuff like that. But, uh, couple, uh, I need, you know, I want, want some stability, something I can work with while pursuing comedy and, uh, yeah. find cool place, nice people. And, um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah. And you're able to do that, you know, post virus. This is something that's easy to do via remote. Yeah. You, know, you can uh, do that job from home or whatever. I'm grateful for that. I'm still employed, and uh, this is a weird times, and a lot of people, especially comedians, are having it really tough. So yeah, yeah just counting my blessings for real. Oh, good. And so then, when they, you know, just kidding, starts up, you'll be at QED, and then how often was that? Was that every month? Yeah, on uh, third Tuesday, third Thursday of every month, and uh, yeah, that's it. We will publish it. We'll do graphics. We'll promote promote the hell out of it, and uh, bring good comics, and want to make the show as fun as possible. Was that your uh, font for Just Kidding? I like that font. Yeah, yeah. I built everything for all the graphics. Everything we did for Just Kidding, that's on me, yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. You, you and Gar Carlos Garcia, you guys can run a show, uh, man. You guys got a good set of talents, and um, I'm so happy to talk to you both, and I look forward to hopefully seeing you guys a show when you return to QED. Awesome, awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Looking forward to it. Barack Ziv, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Take care.